Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And I get to have a neighbor on the show today. I'm really excited to have Floyd Brown on. Um, he is the founder of the Western Journal. And i got to tell you, if you're not familiar with that, you're going to want to become familiar with it because they have some of the best articles out there. I frequently go there to research things, to uh, confirm what I've been told. And it's a great source of information. And uh, we'll be telling you how you can follow up with the Western Journal. Also, our guest has uh, written a book called Counterpunch, which is kind of the antithesis of Saul Alinsky Rules for Radicals. And we're going to talk about how to bring about change. And then, because he's in Arizona, and Arizona politics and voter fraud is off the charts, uh, cartel infiltration of our public officials to a large extent, courtesy of the Brager Report and John Thaler, that's out there as well. We're going to hit that and related topics. But first we got to take care of some business. If we do go into war, the first casualty will be your food supply. And you say, well, how do you know that, Dave? Uh, World War One, World War Two, food stamps, the whole nine yards. The government will seize as much control of the food for the war effort as they can, and you will be rationed. And soon the only food you'll have in your house, if that comes to be, will be what's in your house. So what you need to do is get storable food, get as much of it as you can, and I'm proud to be associated with uh, Patriot Supply. And i got to tell you, folks, they are really, really good. they got specials. They've not raised their rates. They also are going to give you $200 of prepping gear and qualifying offers, and they have food that lasts 25 years. The food tastes great. I've, I've tested it. I have it here. And I would also recommend, too, as an aside, that you learn how to hide it because I do think food hoarding laws will be coming in accompaniment with if we go to war. So let me just highly recommend you go right now and familiarize yourself with the product, My Patriot Supply, and go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com, and you'll see the specials that are there. Along the same lines, if we go to war, we will have multiple attempts on our power grid. And if that happens for any length of time, well, the Naval War College says after five days, the number one cause of death is waterborne illness. And so you need to have a good water filtration system, and you just can't have one because things get lost, broken, stolen. You might have to transport volume if you're scavenging for water. So we recommend the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. We publish the research at waterwithdave.com, and you will clearly see, clearly see that they're number one in the industry. Protect your family now by getting the food, getting the water. And also later in the show, you're going to hear ads that we uh, invest in this program. Um, Pay particular attention to Noble Gold. 
with the uh, Fed payment program coming in July. I think it's a precursor to CBDC, and we've done a lot of shows on that. Uh, do not participate in this. You need to look at what Noble Gold can do to get you outside the system as much as possible. All right, that's our business for the day and our live reads. Uh, like I said, Floyd Brown founded the Western Journal. He's almost a neighbor of mine. We're about 40, 45 miles apart as a crow flies. And uh, it's really good to have him on the show for the first time. Floyd, welcome. Glad you could join us. Dave, it's great to be with you. Well, my friend, um, I got to ask you something right off the top, and we don't have to stay here real long. But back in 2020, Liz Harris did her work on voter fraud. I did mine. We both paid a terrible price. Uh, the the crows came after us. But in Arizona, we have a unique situation. I wanted to know if you saw this too. In 2020, the Democrats, I think, stole the election here, and particularly in Maricopa County. But in 2022, it was the Rhino Republicans and the voting machine scandals. You want to give your impression about that for the rest of the nation that may not be familiar with it? Well, first of all, that's one of many false narratives I talk about in my new book, Counterpunch. I I go over a lot of different false narratives, but um, the... uh, the government, when someone um, is trying to perpetuate a, a, a false narrative, they have to come hard and fast uh, at anyone who's speaking truth to power, and that's probably why you paid a price as a result of that. They come after you hard and fast, and they do several things. But first and foremost, they try to deplatform you, uh, get you off of social media, get you to a place where you're completely isolated. And the reason this is, is because they want to make sure that people that haven't bought off on the government's false narratives feel completely powerless. It's all about uh, trying to make you feel alone, feel isolated, and feel like there's nobody else that thinks like me. And uh, so it's, it's really important that when you are dealing with a false narrative, that uh First, to keep a level head, and secondly, that you network and continue to talk to people that share your ideas. So uh, that's, you know, really the the thesis of my book is that real change is going to come from the grassroots up as, as opposed from Washington down. And, you know, you can always talk to your neighbors and help awaken them to the false narratives because they're right next door and no social media company can actually stop you from doing it. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. And uh, I can see why uh, it, your book is promoted as the antithesis to uh, uh, Saul Linsky's uh, Rules for Radicals because they use a similar approach but more in a destructive manner. Um, and certainly we see Antifa and Black Lives Matter following that pattern too. Um, well, so so one, pe- one thing, so the first thing you have to learn when you get involved in politics is that uh, it's the the Republican Democrat dichotomy is a false dichotomy. It's really all mm-hmm. about theater between the two sides, and it's that's another false narrative that's 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 ongoing. And what they really want you to do is they want people distracted by the food fight between Republicans and Democrats. But if you actually look what they do in Washington. It's a uniparty, and they're very united in, in how they move forward. Yeah, I, I'm so glad to hear you use that word, uniparty. Um, 
You know, this, I'll give you an aside here. It's kind of interesting. I've been after the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors for some time. I mean, they defied two court orders to surrender Dominion documents, which I believe the votes, a lot of them were counted, if not all of them in China. But it's interesting, too. I have history with Bill Gates, not the Bill Gates of Microsoft, but Bill Gates, Maricopa County former supervisor chair. Uh, He used to be my student years ago. I wrote letters of recommendation for him for things like law school. Uh, He was as honest as the day was long when I knew him, and he's a perfect example of how the system will spoil you. And uh, we we have rhino Republicans, and you're right about the Uniparty. Uh, I believe Kerry lost because of what happened with the voting machines. I think that's the number one reason. They, they shut down in Republican areas at the time of opening. I had relatives that were affected by this, and uh, one of them didn't get to vote. Two of them had to be persevered and spent three extra hours. It was crazy what happened here, and that was done by the Republicans. Absolutely. With malice of uh, forethought. The truth is, is that uh, they didn't want Carrie Lake to be governor because she's not part of the Uniparty and that exposes them and creates vulnerabilities for those people that have sold out. So one of the things I go through in great detail, Dave, in my book is why do Republicans fail? In my career, I've been involved in four major wave elections. The first one, as a young man, I went to Washington as part of the Reagan Revolution. When we went there, we believed we were going to change the, 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 the face of government, the scope of government. Now, Ronald Reagan was a good president, and he did bring down the Berlin Wall, but he never really fundamentally changed the scope of government. Uh, and then in 1994, I was running Citizens United, during the Contract for America wave, which was Newt Gingrich. And, you know, we believe that Newt and the Republican Congress was going to change the, the, the future of the country and change the size and scope of government. Then in uh, uh, t- uh, 2009, I was already running Western Journal, and I was very active in the Tea Party movement. And so I traveled around. I went to uh, probably 50 different Tea Party rallies and spoke across the country. I was speaking with Andrew Breitbart and mm-hmm. Joseph Farah from World Net Daily and, and others. We were speaking at these rallies, and we thought that that 2010 wave election was going to change America, but it didn't. And then, of course, uh, Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. Each one of these major waves, they would hit Washington, D.C., and then just like a giant wave hitting the beach, it would just you know, break and then kind of go back into the ocean. And uh, so I, 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 I am asked frequently by different Republicans, activists, or, or people that are, that are activists in politics, why do we always fail and the left always is successful? And I think of some words that a mentor of mine, Dan Evans, told me years ago, back during the, the Reagan era. He said, you know, Floyd, we came to Washington a couple of years ago, and we knew Washington was a cesspool. And um, now that we've been here a couple of years, what we found out is it's really a hot tub. And that's what happens when you try to work from the top down. Uh, so many great people with good motives and great hearts have gone to Washington, D.C., whether in Congress or, or in other offices. And once they get there, 
they may make a little tiny compromise and then it's a little bigger compromise. And, and six or eight years later, they wake up and they become what they were trying to defeat. And so the real way to change government is from the grassroots up. And this is where conservatives don't always do a great job. Uh, you know, recently, uh, uh, somebody asked me, why is it there's so many LGBTQ people running school boards? And, and the truth is, that's the way the left operates. They go for every low-level job, from justice of the peace to town council to, uh, you know, county auditor, and, and they fill those positions and, and, uh, and they, they reinforce the decisions made nationally down at the local level. And so, um, one of the real changes that I've seen in the last year is to see conservatives for the first time focusing on things like school boards. And that's how we will effectively change the country. There's over 3,000 counties in this country and, uh, probably, uh, close to 3,000 of them, uh, conservatives could capture with a concerted effort. And those county sheriffs can do a lot of good to protect you. Those county councils can do a lot of good to protect you. Those city councils can do a lot of good to protect you. And we have to put more focus on on these local offices rather than always thinking somebody's going to ride into Washington, D.C., whether it's Nick Gingrich, Donald Trump, or Ronald Reagan, and save the country. Yeah, let, let me ask you a question along these lines here. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Jacqueline Brager and her her presentation to the Election Integrity Committee of the Arizona uh, Legislature. And uh, how much credence do you give that report that says that the cartel money laundering operations on behalf of China have infiltrated a lot of Arizona politicians and even police departments? Yeah, so uh, uh, I cannot really speak to the veracity of that of that line of thinking i don't completely understand how she connects the dots in that um uh so you know i'm not really qualified to speak on it but i i can speak on the overall thesis which is the thesis that arizona has um deeply corrupt political structures and that they have been and continue to be influenced by the cartel. And, uh, you know, whether you look at um, Adrian Fontes, who's now our Secretary of State, who uh, was literally a, a lawyer for uh, cartel members during the Fast and Furious scandal. Absolutely. To, to, to um, other examples of how the Arizona elite, including Governor Doug Ducey, did not do what was necessary to shut down that border with uh, with Mexico, which is a pipeline for fentanyl. It's a pipeline for uh, the trafficking of children uh, and 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 uh, all kinds of crime in Arizona is related to that border. And so, uh, you know, exactly how they're laundering the mon- money, I I don't know. Is uh, is she accurate? You know, I don't, I don't know. Floyd, but what I, I, I do know is that overall, overall, 
the, the cartels are deeply embedded in the state of Arizona. Yeah, they're heavily embedded in the state uh, recreational marijuana business. And uh, uh, I'm biting my tongue how far I want to take that comment. But I will tell you this. Uh, the Brager report basically says a lot of the money laundering takes place with inflated real estate. And there was a case involving... Uh, we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time the yavapai county and a prominent realtor and her boyfriend and they were the victims of attempted assassination when they opened up that can of worms in that county and uh the yavapai prosecutors are going after this assassin but on the lesser of all charges and these are the same prosecutors that had a hold of hunter biden when he had crack cocaine in the back seat of his rental car at the prescott airport so i mean this is just an example this is a case i know personally because i I spoke at this realtors organization in prescott and they had county deputies there to protect me and i was really caught off guard by that because the assassination attempt had happened the week before and i had no knowledge of it boy was i in for a rude awakening mr hodges we're here to protect you if anything happens hit the ground and we will cover you and i'm thinking oh what did i walk into but but I can tell you, that kind of story is 
pervasive in the Breaker Report. And when I tell people across the nation about the politics of my state, Adrian Fontes defending the murders of Agent Brian Terry of the Border Patrol and Fast and Furious, people look at me with a third eye. They think I'm crazy. But but uh, this, this is real. most people in Arizona know about him. Now, we wrote about it on Western Journal yep. and, and did what we could to bring the truth to people about Adrian Fontes. But our media here is so corrupt in Arizona, it's unbelievable. It got virtually no coverage by any of the, the quote, mainstream media. And, um, and, and Mark Fincham, who was an underfunded candidate, didn't have a lot of money, was, was, was limited in his ability to get that word out, uh, on through the paid airways. So, no, there's, uh, there's, there's real problems and, and, uh, Another big issue that Arizona has is uh, the, the I'll call it the McCain wing, you call it the rhino wing of the party. They always want conservatives to support their candidates when they win the primary, but then they never support our candidates when we win the primary. And uh, so I think we've seen a complete breakdown in, in, in that relationship and uh, what what shocks me is a lot of these rhino Republicans would rather turn the state over to someone who's completely unqualified, like Katie Hobbs, than someone who uh, you know challenges their their uh, um, you know I guess their their hot tub here in Arizona like Terry Lake. Well, I'll just give you one example, because you're right on the money with this. Former Governor Doug Ducey was just termed out in January. He gave a speech in New Hampshire to the National Governors Association, I believe it was 2017, and this is after the Chinese rescued Cold Stone Creamery, his rice cream business that was in big trouble at the time, and he said, oh, we love selling rare earth minerals to China. This is very close to a quote. He said they need it for their military. And I'm thinking, my, in 2017, I went and researched this. They threatened to nuke us, the Chinese officials, four different times. Two generals, their defense minister, and another politician. And here's a guy who's the governor of a state saying that they want to sell materials to Chinese to help their military. That's that's our state government in Arizona. Yeah, and China basically has a monopoly on rare earth metals anyway because... Uh, they don't care about their environment, and our environmental regulations keep America from producing rare earth minerals, even though they're in abundance here in the United States. Well, this kind of leads us to a juncture question here, because it's not just our local politics in Arizona that are compromised by Chinese and, and uh, cartel interests, and I could probably give you a 100 examples of what I know, but at the national level, Mitch McConnell tried to destroy the candidacies of eight GOP America First candidates by withdrawing funds. Blake Masters, a GOP senatorial candidate in Arizona, is one prime example. And then Rona McDaniels, a Romney, I don't think I need to say any more. She's the head of the RNC. Uh, The corruption that kept uh, Harmeet Dillon from taking over that organization is off the charts. People don't have a Republican Party anymore. That's that's my point, Floyd. Well, um, uh, yes, it's deeply compromised. That's why I call it the Uniparty. Yes, but there, but the the problem is, is it's not viable to form a third party because of all of the barriers to entry that have been written into the law Correct. by Republicans and Democrats because they controlled uh, politics now for you know since the Civil War. 
and they they basically legislated third parties out of possible uh, existence. Yeah, so I think we would see some viable third parties. No, I agree, but I think I, I don't know that political parties are the answer. I like your idea about a grassroots movement. So I've got a question along those lines. How the heck do you get these radicals on school boards? Is it George Soros money? I mean, how do they end up appearing at that level? So um, the reason is, is because usually we fail to show up. So a lot of school board races are, quote, nonpartisan, and so the party activists ignore them. Um, and then we've had a heresy inside the Christian church that has been extremely strong uh, since uh, World War II, and, and that is is that, you know, there's this division of, of there's the sacred and then there's the political and the two shouldn't meet, and that um, uh, basically you have pastors in the pulpit that are telling their parishioners, you know, don't get involved in politics, that's, that's dirty. When Christ's message to us was, you know, uh, he should be number one in all areas of life. And so, um, you know, his church should be occupying uh, every one of what I would call the seven mountains or the areas of influence, and one of those is education. And um, so, you know, uh, in essence, the LGBTQ activists would take over the school board, and there would be a mega church across the street that wouldn't even be involved in, in, in running the school board that their own kids go to. And this is starting to change. And that's why I'm more optimistic now. I believe we're getting close to a tipping point because people have seen what not showing up does to them, does to their children, does to their country. And they are showing up in record numbers at, at places like school board meetings and town council meetings. They're understanding that, you know, the smallest jurisdiction in, in the world uh, can have a real impact. Uh, General Flynn is fond of saying, you know, local action has national consequences. And it can. I, I, go, I delve into a Christian doctrine in my book. It's called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. Uh, there's a great book that's been um, written on that by Pastor Matt Truella. And... Uh, um, he uh, basically goes through Reformation history, sharing with that Christian leaders and Christian officials, uh, Christian lesser magistrates, and a, a lesser magistrate would be, you know, someone like a mayor who's less than the governor, or or the governor who's less than the president. Uh, these lesser magistrates not only have the right to resist ungodly laws, but they have a, an affirmative duty to resist those laws, and they can resist those laws. But a lot of local officials, you know, they're always listening to the, 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 the town lawyer who tells them you can't resist anything, and they've got to just buck up and realize they have a right to resist the upper levels of government. And when they do that, it's going to have a big impact because our founders gave us a special little gift in the Bill of Rights, and it's called the Tenth Amendment. And we have to restore the viability of that Tenth Amendment so that people understand that states are sovereign and that only those areas that are specifically governed by the Constitution really are 
uh, or should be involved at the federal level anyway. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about uh, the states are sovereign. I even would take it a, a step lower. I'd say the counties are sovereign. I'm, I'm good friends with Richard Mack, former sheriff of Graham County here in Arizona, and uh, he goes around and he gives seminars to sheriffs on constitutional law and how to resist unconstitutional intervention from the federal government. He's had a fair amount of uh, of success with this but uh, he's fighting an uphill battle, and he's the first to admit it. Uh, a lot of these sheriffs are getting compromised. In fact, you know, I'm not going to go too specific for this interview, but uh, one of the things that he and I talked about on a show he was on with me about two months ago, he said, uh, and I agree with him, that we're seeing compromised law enforcement officials, and I'll be really specific. In Maricopa County, three sheriff's deputies had massive drug connections to the Sinaloa's. They've been busted. It's largely been out of the media. And they're all Hispanic. And it's not an aspersion on Hispanics. It's the fact that we are guessing that these uh, law enforcement officials have connections to family members in Mexico that the cartel have exploited. And this is how they get them on their side. They, they won't kill American families here yet, I don't think. But they have no hesitation in Mexico. And that's the degree of penetration we're seeing uh, with law enforcement involving uh, a county sheriff's office. Yeah, well, we did see that they killed a family of uh, of Mormons uh, on the other side other of the side, border. Yeah, other had, side, right. You're right, but um, people need to realize that border has had two-way traffic for a long time. There's, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans live in Mexico, and, um, and uh, you, you know, it's not just Hispanic families. So uh, the, the truth is, is that those cartels have to be rooted out and now that would be a good use for our military because the military and the and the federal government's first role and only real role that they have is to protect the safety of americans and american citizens and that role they're not living up to but you talk about maricopa county uh i think the most significant change in Maricopa County in the last decade was when Soros came in and got all Penn's own elected sheriff over Joe Arpaio. Yes. And, um, you know, that literally changed everything in the county because it changed the way laws were enforced in the county. And since then, none of the voting rules have been enforced. Right. We're getting a little bit of a muffle effect on your phone. I wonder if you could just reorient just a little bit and speak directly into the phone. And, uh, but uh, I, I hope is this better? Oh, much better. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm um, sorry. It was, it was my caller. The, I, I'm going to say this about, uh, Penzone and, and that whole organization. It's typical of what's happening across America, isn't it? I mean, look at Alvin Bragg, George Soros funded DA pursuing an illegal case where exculpatory evidence is being ignored, namely Cohen's admission that Trump had nothing to do with any payoff to anybody. Well, I mean, so you you have to ask yourself this question: Why is George Soros so interested in these lesser jobs? Uh, it's because they have real power, good, good, and the conservative good. movement needs to learn this. Mm-hmm. We ignore them, and um, you know don't put real resources into them. I mean, just look at the difference between the resources that were put into Adrian Fontes's campaign compared to the resources that were put into Mark Fincham's campaign. And so uh, until conservatives wake up, 
you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult to steal elections at the local level than it is the higher you move up the food chain. And so, um, it, it, it's clear to me that we should be competing for every local office and competing aggressively. And that means if there's rhinos in those positions, we need to be primarying those people at the local, local level. Yeah, well, I, that, that, that those calls, maybe we'll learn our lesson. But I ran about eight months of campaign on my uh, website and on my shows to unelect nearly every Republican incumbent. And then I said, not all. Some have earned their stripes, and I would happily vote for them. But I said, many of them are deeply compromised. And if you put them up, you've got a Democrat versus a Democrat. And uh, people just ignored that message. My lowest rated shows covered that topic. And I totally agree with you. We have to primary out the Republican traitors to this republic. Yeah, and, uh, you know... Part of the problem is these false narratives have been so ingrained for decades and they didn't start with, uh, they didn't start with Barack Obama and they didn't start with Joe Biden. I mean, uh, I, I talk about a lot of false narratives that, that, that go back farther to, uh, to, uh, the George Bush era, you know? I mean, for example, one false narrative was that there was quote weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. in Iraq. Well, you know, a friend of mine, uh, uh, General Michael Flynn, was sent to Iraq to look for those weapons. And he once told me, he said, you know, I, I turned over every rock in Iraq. There are no weapons of mass destruction. The truth is, is that that was another example of a false narrative that was used to grow the size and scope of the military industrial complex. And uh, Republicans are just as guilty as Democrats are. Yeah, well, George Bush, I look at him as one of them, and that even goes back to what I call the Bush crime family. So, not surprising. Yeah, no, 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 they, 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 they are. And uh, so- the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. That's why I try to break this um, this false narrative and, and talk extensively about the uniparty and the way. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, even just uh, yeah. like a week and a half ago when Tucker was trying to show the tapes of the uh, – January 6th and um, you know the day after he showed one set of tapes you expect Chuck Schumer to go to the, the, the floor of the Senate and denounce you know Fox News and Rupert Murdoch and and uh, and uh, Tucker Carlson but you don't expect you know Mitch McConnell and then like six other Republican senators right behind him to denounce uh, Fox News so Clearly, you have a, 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 a cancer inside the Republican caucus in the U.S. Senate. 
Yeah, well, 18 of them uh, voted for uh, some kind of gun control legislation. So I, I totally agree with you. And, and and I agree with your terminology. The Uniparty is a great descriptor of what's going on. But here's, I agree with you in principle that we need to invest in local elections, but there doesn't seem to be a model to follow. Well, I mean, you can follow what the left does. I mean, they run for everything. That's, you know, that's why you have all these LGBTQ people, you know, running school boards. And it, and, and they use the power of the local office. And a lot of times, you know, they don't even have to bring up how left they are because the issues in a, in a, in a race for town council might be, Hey, we need two new stoplights or, um, you know, somebody wants to build a, a, uh, a development, you know, just outside of town. Are we going to allow it? Things like that. So they, uh, in essence, they, they cloak themselves and you don't realize that they, they also support CRT and they also support, uh, you know, uh, these radical, uh, transgender things and, and they also support, but those are never really issues in a town council race. So the left is able to effectively cloak themselves when they run for these offices. Yeah, I, I, let me go to CRT just for a second here. I interviewed a lady from Colorado who was going around to nine school districts on the front range there, and she was training parent activist groups how to make a difference, and she wasn't doing anything illegal, all constitutionally protected activities. And Merrick Garland's uh, Gestapo squad kicked in her door in her mountain home put her family on the ground kids with guns to their head they manhandled their daughter and they also came in without a warrant and they left a warrant that was invalid was as they exited so i looked into this story and speaking of crt here's what i found merrick garland's son-in-law and daughter control panorama education which facilitates a lot of these controversial programs including crt and i'm wondering where these violations occur at a state and local level, I understand how Merrick Garland doesn't get prosecuted for conflict of interest at the federal level, but at the state level, where are these people? No, you're right. It's uh, it's it's wrong, and a county sheriff should be able to protect the citizens in his county from uh, you know being abused like this. That's that's uh, that's part of why we're seeing so many people moving. And there's this massive shift of population as people are leaving um, blue and purple states, and they're and they're they're starting to take up residence in not just red states, but in the reddest of counties that they can find, because they find that uh, they're going to have a sheriff that they can uh, deal with and who is honest. They're going to have other local officials who are are honest and and. Uh, and frankly, I th- I think uh, you know that's that uh, that I'd like to know more about that story. It, it it's not surprising to me uh, because you know the Justice Department now runs around and and basically if you wear a red hat, then uh, you're bad, and if you are a member of BLM or Antifa, they totally ignore you, even though you might be more violent. Well, they don't care about the violence. I remember when uh, Merrick Garland was at his uh, confirmation hearing and they asked him if he was going to prosecute uh, Antifa for riotous behavior. And he said, well, if it's after 5 p.m., it's no longer a riot. It's a protest. That tells you all you need to know. 
if it's after 5 p.m. That's what he said. That's what he said in this conference. I, I, I used to play a clip of that on my show frequently. Uh, wow. And it just, it's, it's, I mean, they don't even hide their conflict of interest anymore. It's thinly veiled, but you can see right through it. But No, you can't, you can't see through it. And, you know, but what we need to understand is coups in America are not a new thing. No. I mean, we've, we've learned just recently that uh, John F. Kennedy was killed by the deep state. Uh, years ago, I read an excellent book about Watergate that basically showed it was a deep state coup and that, uh, you know, Bob Woodward himself was an intelligence asset. Yep. And and so, you know, this is not new in America. I mean, you remember the church committee way back that was supposed to rein in the intelligence agencies. Well, the great gift of the church committee was uh, the FISA court. And the FISA court now has been so abused, it was supposed to be a protection against abuse by the deep state. And in fact, it was co-opted by the deep state. Now is one of the tools they use to, to, to abuse people. So it, uh, um, you know, as long as we allow government to continue to get bigger and bigger and badder and badder, this is going to continue. There has to be a radical reorientation in the size and scope of government. No, I totally agree then. I like the local approach you're talking about, but here's my concern on that area. We're on the cusp of World War III. We're on the cusp of economic collapse. And then if CBDC is allowed to come in after they bring in this Fed payment program in July, then all economic freedom is out the door and we'll look like Canada and the trucker strike. So I'm looking at all these challenges, plus several more, and I'm wondering if a local approach has the time to take hold and change America back to what it should be. Yeah. Well, it's the only solution. And, uh, you know, will it, does it have enough time? Uh, we'll only have to work it and, and see if it does. I, I do see people changing. I do see people waking up. I see people understanding now better than they have at really any time in my lifetime. I mean, I've been awake to these things since the eighties. And yet, uh, there, uh, you know, there were others that were awake in the, in the, in the, in the sixties and in the seventies and even in the fifties. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's hard to know. I mean, there's this push towards global governance. I think the number one issue is to keep America out of global governance and, um, the, the, um, we have the tools to do it, and, you know, I don't know if we're going to be successful, but I know Floyd Brown is going to be in the fight, uh, win or lose, because I'm called to fight. I'm not called to sit and let them take away the best country on earth. What was your wake-up call, Floyd, to get into this fight? Uh, my wake-up call came when I was in Washington, D.C. Right? You know, I went to Washington as a young man in the Reagan revolution. And, 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 and frankly, I had that very good mentor, Stan Evans, who said, you know what, this is becoming a, a, a hot tub. And I said to my wife, um, in 1996, I said, if I don't lose, leave this town physically, I'm going to lose my soul or our marriage is going to be compromised. Uh, this place is, is just evil. And so I picked up and left. And, um, but my wake up call, uh, came way back then, uh, I knew, um, 
as early as, you know, when I took my first job in the Reagan administration, it was as executive director of the International Youth Year Commission, where I had an opportunity to to go around the globe and speak for the youth of America. And even at that time, what I realized was the CIA and the intelligence agencies were just using me as a as a as a fresh face for their agenda. And uh, and and I didn't like it, and uh, it didn't end well for them. And uh, it, you know, probably, you know, uh, shut my career down. But that was that's okay. Yeah, it, it is amazing how, how you have to get kicked in the teeth to to come to Jesus, so to speak. Because I had a pretty similar experience. My dad was uh, ex Navy Intel, and he used to work with German scientists that we captured to reverse engineer some of their theoretics in science. And so I knew a little bit. He told me a lot before he died. Uh, I read Pat Wood's book, The Tri- Trilaterals Over Washington, and I'm friends with Pat today. So I was aware. But I was just living my life. I was just a college basketball coach locally, and uh, I was teaching my classes, and I really was enjoying life. We moved out to rural Arizona, and I thought, hey, we're escaping the crime, the drugs, and all that. And we ran right into the planned Canamex corridor that McCain had co-sponsored in the CAFTA agreement then uh, with Ted Kennedy. And they tried to steal my land and that of 300 of my neighbors, and it started an eight-year battle to hang on to our property. And then I just I started. Was that part of Interstate 11? Well, that's part of the project, but the part that they were trying to put through was the was a hub and a highway system where the Hasayampa River is, and it's the largest underground water aquifer in Arizona. And they needed our aquifer for their planned hub. Um, we think we're okay, but but anyway, I started appearing on uh, shows. Uh, uh, and we had some support with legislators uh, locally, and uh, one thing led to another, and I got a radio show, and then the rest, they say, is history. I never planned to do this. I had no training as a journalist. Um, you know, I was a professor, and I was a college basketball coach, and I was happy doing that. But I, when I got into this battle against McCain, I figured out, hey, our country is being taken away. And that was my real awakening to what was happening. And that was right around the early 2000s, 2002, 2003. That's how I... Yeah, you know, when, when McCain moved to Arizona... Uh, he really moved to it because he saw it as a place where he could build his career. And he wasn't a Democrat or Republican, but he chose the Republican Party because he felt it was more vulnerable to his his uh, his, you know, involvement. And uh, he never really was a Republican, but uh, he has uh, look at he, he was a senator here for decades and then was even our nominee for president. And the fact that he isn't wasn't ever really a Republican. Doesn't that tell you a lot? Tells you an awful lot. Of course, you know, he married into the Hensley family, and if you know that history, that's all you need to know. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, but see, what, what, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a drunken and criminal history. That's all we'll say. Well, well Floyd, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, if, if you know the Arizona story, you know the Wisconsin story, you know the Michigan story, you know Pennsylvania, you know Georgia, all the swing states. In fact, I did some work with some people in Fulton County on their election fraud, and that's the greater Atlanta area. And the five ways the election, I believe, was stolen here in 2020 were duplicated in Atlanta. It was the same game plan. Same exact theme. I mean, ballot harvesting, unsupervised ballot boxes, Dominion voting machines with no accountability to anybody locally. Um, that that just, to me, told me everything you need to know. 
This was a really well-orchestrated coup d'etat against Donald Trump. It was incredible how they pulled it off. And it is the real coup d'etat. Well, it is. I think it starts, I don't know what your view is, but I look at when, when the Wuhan flu came in, that changed our election laws, and that makes you think this, this was deliberate. This was a deliberate... Yeah, but it didn't change our election laws. Corrupt courts and officials that agreed with those corrupt courts changed our election laws, and they never really passed any changes to our election laws. They just ignored our election laws, and they and they violated the most fundamental rule of law in America, and it was wrong, and uh, we're paying a dear, dear price for it as a result. So are are you saying that uh, the appearance of these unsupervised ballot boxes, for example, that was just done administratively, there was no legal action behind it? Well, basically, they would have uh, uh, a, a Democratic activist would come in, file a lawsuit... Okay, and then the local official would would consent. They'd come to some kind of a consent agreement, and they wouldn't even litigate against it. So it was corrupt officials working with outside parties and corrupt judges that made it all happen. It was not legislative changes. It was, um, you know, basically judges rewriting the laws in cahoots with uh, liberal activists and election officials that were compromised. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I found that in the audit. Uh, when the audit was going on, my main source of information that set me on the path of discovery were election officials inside the audit that saw how Karen Fan and others were directing the audit away from the truth. And uh, that was repeated. I had three election officials contact me about 60 days into the audit. And it was independent of each other, and they all told the same story. For example, by law, they were required to have control over the Dominion voting machines. They had had the election codes. And there were lawsuits filed over this, and courts issued rulings in the affirmative. And to this day, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors still have not surrendered those codes. Correct. It's deep, deep systemic corruption. Yeah, but but people don't realize, listening to us, this isn't a primer on Arizona. The Breaker Report that covers a lot of this stuff it, uh, incriminated 26 different states. I read a lot of their affidavits, and, yeah. and i got to tell you, I can verify a lot of what they said. I can't verify probably 80% of it, but there's enough there that people should be going to jail and the rest of the country should be alarmed. Well, they we should at least have significant law enforcement investigation yeah but when your sheriff is paul penzone you're you're never going to have it alvin bragg the da i mean they it's kind of like we woke up and it's a bad edition of the outer limits tv show we control the vertical we control the horizontal we control every institution we bribe all officials we need to that's how i that's why i'm saying I agree with your local approach because it's the least tainted and the easiest to impact for the public. I just don't know if we have time. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, um, you know, I don't, none of us know if there's enough time, but we should occupy the time we have and fight as hard as we can and fight as effectively as we can until the day when time runs out. I agree. Have you devoted much attention to the compromising of uh, churches, particularly large churches? Uh, 
yes, I've got an entire section of my book on the church goes woke. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and talk about that extensively. But, you know, Jesus also has a remnant. And, you know, just because somebody goes to church doesn't mean they're a Christian. And, and so it's really significant that, um, you know, God does have his people and his people, um, you know, sometimes they're in the church, sometimes they're not, but those people should be fighting for these causes. And, and, and I just felt like the reason I took the time to write the book was because it, there, there are enough of these people that can be woken up, I believe, to, if not protect the entire country, warn and protect localities and places and groups of people. Because, uh, like you, I think there's hard times that are ahead. I mean, I, 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 I heard your live reads where you're talking about the need to protect the water supply and the need to, to, uh, you know, make sure you have food. Those are, those are, those are prudent steps that everybody should take in, uh, in, in a, in a difficult situation like that. And also owning gold and silver. It's the gold, precious metals are, are the only asset class that don't have counterparty risk if you own them physically. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you can't uh, hold it, then you don't own it. I totally agree with that uh, uh, and the counterparty analysis. That's right on the money. Um, I thought the church could be a source of revival to wake up the people, but let me give you an example. I was in a large Phoenix area church, very large, and uh, the pastor came on. He was talking about, it was assistant pastor. He was talking about Romans 13, and here's what he said. He said, he may not be a godly man, your leader, but he's God's man, and you must do what he says. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to agree with submission to authority. But he, that's not, but he didn't, that's he, didn't not, fin- that's, he didn't finish the yeah. comment, though, Floyd. That's my point. He didn't say, but if he violates God's law, you have no obligation to follow him. Right, and that's a misreading of Romans 13. Exactly. And that's part, of that, that's part of that heresy that I've said has been very strong since World War II, which is, also that politics is dirty and you know we're just gonna sit over here in the church and wait for the rapture to come well i've been in churches and going back to like the 80s where they used to be activists against abortion they'd go protest they'd hand out literature Uh, you're hard pressed to find that today and i understand why because merrick garland has his goon squads arrest pastors for praying in public and uh, this is where i think people feel if you want to protest that's your area of protest. It's not storming the Capitol. So, so um, I would totally agree with you. Well, I, I would hope that we could invest in the churches, and I think there needs to be a revolution within the churches. Um, I think it's coming. I think there's a lot of pastors that are waking up because they are being oppressed themselves and they're in there and especially around the area of traditional marriage where there's a full-on push to make pastors um really capitulate to the idea of same-sex marriage and that's where the rubber meets the road because it's clearly unscriptural and it causes um great distress in the uh in 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 the pastor class and so uh uh you know finally there's an issue where they're gonna 
hopefully stand up and be counted. I spoke with a therapist who wouldn't come on my show in Colorado. And Colorado has a similar law to California, where if you're a therapist and someone is trans-oriented or uh, they have sexual orientation issues and they come to the therapist, the therapist is not allowed to direct them back to heterosexuality in more traditional solutions to their conflicts, even if it's in their best interest. In the opinion of the therapist, they can be uh, uh, unlicensed. They can be go. They can go to jail. Um, isn't it interesting? And and I don't know if you address this in your book or not, but but they're even going after the therapist class. And I believe it applies to religious leaders too. That you can't dissuade someone from a choice to non-traditional marriage and lifestyle. That's their push, and we're going to see how far it goes. That's just absolutely amazing. Well, I know your book is not out yet, but do you have a pre-ordering um, Yes, it's available at Amazon, ChristianBook.com, but I really appreciate it if people would go to Amazon and, and pre-order it. and uh, It's just Counterpunch, uh, Book Floyd Brown, and uh, so uh, it's uh, actually popped to number one in its in its area on Amazon. So people are ordering it, and I'm I'm hopeful that um, that uh, it will have a big and positive impact with uh, activists around the country. Well, Floyd, I have to ask you this question though: um, What kind of pushback have you received on the book, or do you anticipate any pushback because of your content? Well, I think. That, you know, when the book gets out there and circulating, it's going to cause a lot of controversy. And so I'm expecting pushback, but um, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, like, I, I hope you... You know, I, I'm, I'm very much okay with pushback. I'm at a stage in my life when, um, you know, I wanted to put a marker down of what I believe truth is. And so I'm going to lay that marker and... I, you know, whatever the consequences are, I'm willing to live with those. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because my, let me be very specific. Because of my experience with other authors, um, I'm hoping you have a backup for publishing just in case. Um, so and if you don't want to comment, that's okay. But I have seen that happen where someone gets a book out. It's not going to be a big deal. Then it becomes a big deal, and then all of a sudden, liberal publishers come in and they they and bookstores they say we're not going to publish this. We're not going to carry this. Um, do you have a backup plan? I always have a backup plan. <laughs> okay, and a backup plan to the backup plan. Well, tell us about Western Journal too. I want to know about that. Well, Western Journal is uh, you know a news site I started in 2008. And it's our goal to every day share the truth about what's going on in the world and in American communities. We produce about 30 uh, written articles a day. And, um, uh, you know, you can read our editorial standards online. I would say they're probably the toughest editorial standards anywhere. And that's because we only want to deal with true stories. Give me an example. So someone's saying, I think I want to write for Western Journal. What burden of proof do they have to offer to get published? So, uh, you know, they have to be verifiable facts. And um, so it's, it's, it's uh, um, you know, we usually want um, uh, at least two uh, examples of uh 
strong factual backup for any allegation. And um, so we're just we are uh, cautious in making sure that we don't, um, you know, say things about people that that uh, possibly are not true. So, we, you know, we walk away from some stories. And uh, uh, but uh, if you read it on Western, uh, you can feel really good about it because there's usually very strong documentation for anything we write. What's the URL? Uh, westernjournal.com. Westernjournal.com. Uh, Floyd's book is available at Counterpunch. And I think after listening to this interview, you people may not be in Arizona, but your state's going through the same thing. This is a worthy read. I'd recommend you visit the website as well. And Floyd, I want to thank you on behalf of the Common Sense Show for coming on. Very insightful interview and good luck with the book. Thank you. And uh, Dave, it's been enjoyable and I'll look forward to meeting you in person sometime. Someday we will. Thanks, Floyd. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. We at The Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, Hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BuryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.